Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always. It's the master of receipts, NYJ Matt, on a very special day, one day before the draft. I think it's the second best time of the year. Other than week one, when you're getting ready to tailgate, getting ready for the home opener, or if it's on the road, getting with the boys, this is that second best week in the draft. And the fact that, again, we have two first-round picks and also two in the front half of the second round, two in basically the top ten of the second round, it's a great time to be a Jet fan, but there is a ton of fog around what's going to happen in this draft. I don't even know where to begin. Well, things are changing constantly, right? So about a couple minutes before we started this pod, you put in our group chat that Aiden Hutchinson is now the favorite to go number four. Yeah, on DraftKings, he was plus 350 to go four. Where this came out of was, I forget what podcast, uh, they're on Radio Row, they're at the draft, and he said, look, I have very good sources that the Texans are operating, that the one pick is going to be Walker, the two pick is going to be um, Thibodeau, third pick is going to be Derek Stingley, and a lot of that made that movement. So we'll see where it goes, man. I don't, I don't really know what the, the path is moving forward, but we will, we will see. Yeah, no, and so obviously the one big wrench is the Debo Samuel uh, variable. Will Debo Samuel get traded before Thursday? And by all accounts and all national media, if Debo Samuel is to get traded, people have the Jets as, as the front runner to get him. You know, the Jets, obviously, with all the draft capital and the, and the cap space, so... I'm a simple man. I'll give 10 for Debo and maybe a tiny bit more if I get a pickback. I would give the Tyreek Hill package, but I would not give two first-round picks. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't even think about it. I would draft a wide receiver. Yeah. I get Debo, but if he doesn't want to play in that wide-back style, then I'm sorry. Your value is still very, very high, but your value probably isn't two first-round picks. Yeah. No, it was like we were talking. We, we talked with uh, DJ Bienemy. We were just chatting. And I was, I was thinking, you know, I particularly don't want a receiver at 10 as, as much as most people. Um, you know, for the fact that all these guys seem to be relatively interchangeable. Like, they don't play similar styles. You know, James Williams is a burner, and you have Drake London who can go, you know, those contested catches, and you have Traylon Burks who does kind of – people were comparing him a little bit to that Debo style of play. Garrett Wilson. Um, but all these guys are so close in terms of pedigree and where they're projected to be drafted. Are is it smart to take one of these guys at ten? There, there's a lot of depth there, and you have Corey Davis, who you gave what fourteen odd million. You have Elijah Moore that you took in the second round. You still have Mims as a rotational piece that you know isn't going to be probably a pivotal part of the offense. So you you obviously have a team. You, you give Barrios money. I get that argument. I think we'll start off with the best case scenario for us. And I think we, as usual, are on the same page. And that is at four, you take Kayvon Thibodeau. At 10, you take Stingley or Gardner. And if Gardner falls, so you have a number one corner, you have a yes. number one edge, and you do the Tyreek Hill package for Debo Samuel. And you come out of tomorrow night with Debo, Kayvon Thibodeau, 
and Darius Stingley or Sauce Gardner. Now, Gardner Thank won't you. fall. Gardner won't fall at 10, and not a lot of people love Stingley at, at 10. Um, but we'll you see. Tra- you could trade back, too. You know, you, you could trade the 10th pick. Teams are calling the Steelers, um, quarterback needy teams. And I don't know if teams are actually calling. That's that's not true. But yeah, no, just to go back in the Debo thing, I don't like I made all those reasons why I don't want to take a receiver at 10, but I don't want to trade two first round picks. I'm paying the guy twenty eight million dollars instead of just drafting a guy who right. could, you know, be that be that dude. So it's like, yeah, it's a lot. And the Tyree kill package is perfect, but. What if the Ravens go out and offer like the 14th pick? You know, like the because remember the Jets when the Jets and the Dolphins were bidding over Tyree Hill, the Jets offer was technically on paper a better offer, but that was because the Dolphins are trading like the what like the, the late first round pick. So yeah. what what I think is going to be the key factor here is and we'll start at number four. The Jets can take literally seven guys at four. Seven of them. They could take – look at the edge guys. They can take Thibodeau, Walker, Hutchinson, or the Jermaine Johnson, who are most of the beat. What you'll find is the beat right now are locked in that Jermaine Johnson and Icky are going to be the play at four, maybe Gardner. And they're locked in, and they're locked up with that. Now, I think there is a potential smoke screen here. I don't think people thought Hutchinson would go and fall to, to four, which looks like it could very well happen. Trayvon Walker is a weird guy where people just don't see him going outside of the top two. But if he goes out of the top two, he could be like eight or nine. Like it seems like the Jaguars and Lions it's value so him weird. way higher. It's so weird. And his numbers aren't great. You know, he played that insane defense. It's tough. Everyone can't have 10 sacks. But I don't want to take a guy with six sacks in the first pick. I, I just I don't know. It's a weird thing. And then, you know, on the flip hand, you know, like Thibodeau had nine sacks. So it's, you know, it's not like he, he had fucking, you know, 25 sacks. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's, oh, it's that high school hot girl comparison that I keep making. And it's even more true with Hutchinson. You know, we've talked about it. When the Jets beat the Jaguars in December, it looked like there was no chance to get Hutchinson or Thibodeau. Gone. And that was what everyone said. Even national media was like, you're dumb for winning that game. You're dumb. Now, if you have a chance to draft one or or one of those guys, you do it. You just do it. I don't know. Things changed so much in the past couple of months without any games being played that the, I don't know. I I just don't understand why those guys would fall. And you, you even made a good point on Twitter, like with the Thibodeau stuff. You said, give me one iota of evidence that Thibodeau has character concerns or anything. Like, people just say stuff. Chad Forbes just implied that an edge rusher in the top five is related to gang violence. So that's Chad Forbes, same guy that <laughs> said Zach Wilson had three-car garages. But you're right. You have four guys in the edge that can go four. You could also take Gardner, Stingley, or Icky, or Neil. So eight guys that, you, that are, like, plus 1,200 odds or shorter that could go at eight, which is hilarious, or at four, which is hilarious. I want to start also with where we say we don't trade the pick, any picks in the top top forty. So four guys. You're not taking a quarterback. I do not think you're taking a running back. You are not taking a guard. You probably won't take a tackle unless you actually try to move Beckton because Fant, you're in contract negotiations with. So 
if you, you probably won't take a tackle if you don't trade Becton. Oh, we should talk the Becton trade. We will. Let's get let, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. touch on that in a sec. Center and McGovern were the top eight center at, according to PP, PFF. So Linderbaum, yes. If not, I don't know, in the top 40. And then you need. Probably going to take a tight end, right? Like tight he, end. Ryder was, the, was always the popular guy. But. And he fell off harder than anyone because people were talking about him nonstop. And now we got two tight ends in free agency. It's like everyone jumps at it. My whole argument here is in the top 40, though, you have a lot of, you have holes, but you almost have like not glaring needs other than edge and another wide receiver. So if those are the two there, like you can make the argument, trade up and just get the best player available, like a, a Linderbaum. Or a maniac corner. Like you can do a lot of stuff. Linebacker. So, Neil linebacker. No, Kobe Dean has been one that's falling. Oh, the second round. Plug and play. Let's get to Becton because yeah. we are a pro Becton podcast. We think he sure. gave enough of a sample size in his rookie year that you should be very excited about him being a tackle. He got rolled up on, and that's all she wrote. Right now, we are, we are at where we are today. Mike, take it away. My least favorite scenario in the draft is if the Jets pick Icky and then trade Becton for for both near and long term success. You are trading in this scenario. You're trading Becton, who has the potential to be a blue chip left tackle, and you're acquiring another guy who could do that. I don't see how this makes the Jets much better in the long run. You know, I would be extremely frustrated if the Jets move on after from Becton after one semi-full year. I, I just don't understand. I think the only argument the Jets would make is if he really is showing up over 400 pounds and he's kind of being ass a little bit on Twitter. I, I, I get a part of it, but you're right. If you, I'm not ecstatic about what Becton yeah. can do. But, <laughs> I mean, people forget. You look at these – the. The tape, and I'm not, I'm not studying the all 22 every five seconds. I'm even thinking like Brian Baldinger will tweet out a video in 2020 of Becton just murdering people. Like a 40-minute video is on YouTube of Becton just like decleating dudes like off the field. He'll just block people out of the screen. And he was so exciting. And I had, you know, it was one of those, you got the feeling like, oh, my God. You would, like, During 2020, we would look at the, at the 2020 draft and we are like, Becton, stud. Mims, hopefully he's going to be good. You know, blah, blah, go down the chain. But Beckton was like, was the guy. And now we're going to trade him and draft another guy. You know, it seems kind of productive to me. It does. You're setting a 2020 11th overall pick on fire. You don't want to do that. So, yes, if if you whiff on Beckton and you don't draft tackle this year, and we go into next year, it's like, oh, fuck, we need to either get McDermott to start some games, Beckton got hurt again. Then you can make a pick next year. You give money that you do have in free agency to get another tackle next to the fan. It's not the end of the world. What is terrible is if you use the pick on Icky, Icky's good to above average. Becton goes elsewhere, he's good and above average, and you don't get a net new positive if you take an edge guy. So I I I, I agree with you. I would not trade Becton. I also thought Fant might have been the odd man out if the team wanted to give up a day two, day three pick, given the Jets take tackle, but it that makes more like, sense to me, yeah. but I know they're having contract negotiations, and Fan was terrific last year. But in my point of view, I think the Jets' offensive line might be the the best positional unit on the Jets right now. Right, interior, you have a 
up-and-coming rising star in EVT. You have a veteran stud running, you know, run blocker, decent pass pro, but a, a, a pro bowl right guard, I mean, left guard, AVT, up-and-coming star, and McGovern, who had just had a career year. So the inside, you feel great about. The outside, you have Fane, who had a career year, again, and he plays much better at left tackle. And then you have an 11th overall pick, who, when he's on the field, is very damn good. So you're right. You have an identity. You Remember we always were like, oh, Fane, I'm sorry, Becton and AVT on the left side, like, money time. <laughs> it, it's going to be the same thing on the right side, because I think Fane is going to win the left tackle job, and you're going to have AVT right guard, Becton right tackle, and you're going to have the same thing and, and oh, uh, have a, a strong run side. I, I, I'm very excited about the offensive line. Um, obviously, the Jets haven't had a good pass rusher, blah, 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 since John, John Abraham. Everyone says it every five seconds, but you're going to get Carl Lawson back. I want to pair him with the best edge rusher. I'll be very – I uh, talking through it for the 10,000th time on the eve of the draft – you know, it's like the night before Christmas, you're really trying to figure out what you wanted from, you know, what, what you wanted to get. And, you know, you have in your mind, you'll be disappointed if, if you don't get a certain thing, blah, 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 because that's the spirit of Christmas is getting. <laughs> but, <laughs> but man, it, I really want to, I just really want Thibodeau. Always support, he was always the number one guy, him and Hutchinson. And he's, he's going to be there. It looks like he's going to be there. Ah, him and Lawson, man. If you put him and Carl Lawson and then you do something at linebacker later in the draft, if you walk away from this draft, like we said, oh my, I mean, the, the best case scenario, if you if you get Thibodeau, Stingley, and, and also N'Kobe Dean, like, oh my God, it's three plug-and-play potentially terrific starters. Yep. The one thing that I keep coming back to is that the Jets have met with Thibodeau the most out of any prospect. So there's a pre-visit, pre-draft visit Excel file that keeps going around. The guys who have been met with the Jets more than once, Traylon Burks, Sauce Gardner, George Karloftis, Derek Stingley, Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau is the only one they met three times. So if you don't take him, then they have to have not felt great about something in the pre-draft visits. Because on field, you feel pretty confident about it. If you take Jermaine Johnson over Kayvon Thibodeau, I will root for Jermaine Johnson. I will disagree with the pick. I will trust the evaluators. I can't watch all 22 film and tell you someone's get off. I bet the games. I watch them. I know who's good, whatever. If you do that and you're wrong, disastrous, you, you very well could be fired. It goes back to the Joe Douglas being the smartest guy in the room thing. Right. But if you take Thibodeau, and he doesn't pan out, and he's a bust, at least I can go to bed knowing that we took the guy that was supposed to be taken, and we were wrong. And we didn't take the 23-year-old veteran, the 23-year-old edge guy who's transferred, who had a career year that you saw the senior bowl, maybe you fell in love with him, you have to take him at four. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I could, maybe Joe Douglas is telling everyone, agree with you. we love Johnson, we love Icky. In his mind, he goes, we're taking Gardner or Thibodeau, and everyone else can go fuck themselves. Could, could be a thing. Yeah. I mean, maybe and they'll get lucky and Hutchinson will fall and they'll just take him. But yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I I don't want to take Jermaine Johnson at four. It doesn't feel right. It was not the guy to go four. Thibodeau was the guy to go four. He was always the guy. He was there the whole time. And he's supposed to be the guy. But I agree. Like the Jets did their due diligence and 
And like you said, like there are, it's, it's as fans, we, I think are very consistent with this where we will rip. We're very optimistic fans is our, is our mantra, but we will rip the ownership of the jets. If they do things that we don't like and it doesn't work. Right. But we're honest. I'll give you an example. 2016 after the 2015 season, I, for one, wanted the Jets to bring back Ryan Fitzpatrick and extend Muhammad Wilkerson. And they did. And I loved it. And it didn't work. And that's okay. I didn't want the Jets to move on from Darnold. It probably is the right move. <laughs> but it's, that's <laughs> probably. I'm still on dying on my hill. But it's like, that's fine. Like We will be very honest. If the Jets take Jermaine Johnson, who's terrific, we'll love him. If it's not, it's going to be a little rocky. You're right. And it will put, you know, and 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 you have to respect for Joe Douglas for doing it. He's obviously trying to win. He's not caring about, you know, optics and all this bullshit. But it's a, that's a dangerous pick to take another edge rusher over KT if he's there. So let's break it down. If edge is the pick at four, give me your rankings of Thibodeau, Hutchinson, Walker, Jermaine Johnson. I would take Hutchinson first and Thibodeau and then Trayvon Walker and then Jermaine Johnson. I think that's fair. I think I would agree. And it's not saying Jermaine Johnson's bad, but if you keep telling me you can mock him at 10, I don't want to fucking take him at four. You're not seeing any mock where you have the other three guys at 10. Jermaine Johnson is very well regarded as a top five edge rusher in this draft, but I don't know if I want to bite at four. And then someone tweeted me like, well, Aaron Donald would have been, you know, when he went to seven, but then you went 13. I'm like, yeah, you can look at the hindsight. I'm telling you right now, like what I can tell you. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I hope I am. I would do the same. Now, if the pick at four, Gardner, Stingley, coin flip, who are you taking? It seems like Gardner is the more attractive guy around the league. So I would go with Sauce. Yep. I mean, we, we've been big Stingley guys the whole time. It's interesting. If you tweet something about Stingley, there will be some people in your mentions that are just like, why would you ever say something like this? You know, and I think Jeff fans are a little bit um, smitten by the, uh, I don't know if smitten is the right word. Jets fans are, you know, the whole D Milner situation. So th- they're wary of taking another injury prone corner. But Stingley has some unbelievable numbers and tape and stats from you know years past in college yeah gotta stay healthy um we'll see where that goes i wish it was more like a clean tear like a broken bone he had like the the foot thing and then it was like a court he had had a ton of i would love him so i um that's fair now wide receiver so say they're all there at 10 and you do take a wide receiver i'll give you a minute to think about it what i would do is no. I would say Jamison Williams won. Yes, yes. Give a guy that's a burner. He's probably, but if he didn't get injured, there wouldn't be a, oh, top five, everyone has different rankings. No, he'd be one, and then you'd figure it out. I feel like he's that guy who, in like three years, he has like 1,200 yards, and you're like, why, why did no one, you know, why was this even a discussion? But who knows? Two, I would go Garrett Wilson. I think he's just a defined route runner. But yeah. – even though I have him too, I think I might consider Drake London over him because it's different than what the Jets have. So if you look at Garrett Wilson, if he has similar skills to Elijah Moore, I don't know. Look, I'm not a fucking tape god, but from what I have heard and what I can see, Garrett Wilson is more aligned with some of the stuff Moore does. So give me a, a London Wilson 2A, 2B type thing. 
Burks is a unique guy, but supposedly he can't run a route, not a great route tree. We just saw that with Mims too, yeah. And then fifth, you can go Lave, you go Dotson, you go Christian Walker. There's a lot of guys. So it's yeah, like the, the problem with Will uh Jamison Williams too is how long is he gonna be out? Is he gonna miss you know training camp OTAs? Is he gonna when is he gonna build that rapport with Zach Wilson? That's so important. Um, you know, you're thinking shorter term. So that is gonna be part of the decision. And it is tough to take a guy who just tore his ACL, you know, it's a vicious injury. I would trade back. If I just can. we went through a lot of positions. You went through a lot of scenarios. I think, well, but but think about this: if if there's so we just named five receivers that could go ten. What if if the Jets are not head over heels in love with like Jameson Williams or Garrett Wilson? Why wouldn't you trade back? Are all five of those receivers going to go in the next five picks? No, guys will be there. You know so. And Joe Douglas did that with Mims. When Douglas took Mims, he traded back uh, and almost traded back too far and almost missed all of the receivers uh, in that pack 2020 second round of uh, receiver draft class. Yep. Here's the best thing about the draft, though. For where, what, what we're positioned in, I will make the argument that the Jets won't have what is about to happen for another like two decades. We have the opportunity to take two top 10 guys. And then we get them to wait. So everything, not not every fan base has a draft like this in their whole lifetime. Where it's everything a, that happens in the draft. top the top three picks, we're like, holy fuck, Hutchinson didn't go two. We might be able to get him at four. Like those picks matter. Then you have the picks five to nine matter incredibly high because that all impacts what happens at ten. And then instead of turning your 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 TV off and going to bed. Picks 11 to 32 have a drastic impact. Someone has to fall. Someone has to draft high for a position of need. Think of the Raiders drafting Damon Arnett. That it took like, Colin Farrell fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, <laughs> Psychopaths. But like round, like picks 14 to 32, you get like fringe guys that teams only have like one, like a first round pick. Like we want our guy, we want our position, fuck it. And then we're going to go to bed and have two picks of the next eight guys. And we, we're going to be like, Holy fuck, we can take Nicobe Dean. Like, look at last year, Elijah Moore, Tevin Jenkins, JOK. Like, you can go down like 12 guys that we we're all like, holy fuck, we're getting one of them. This year, we're getting two of them if we don't trade them. Or we get Debo Samuel. Yeah, right. <laughs> I like that. That's going to be exciting, too. If Debo doesn't get traded like now <laughs> or tomorrow morning, because we're recording this at 7 45 on Wednesday. He's going to get traded, what, during the draft? It's going to be insane. Like, what if the Jets pick at four and then trade the fucking 10th pick for Debo? What do we do? It'd be great, man. <laughs> Sick. Very exciting. Very yeah. little times can you trade for a player that immediately becomes the best player in your entire roster. Yes, yes, yes. And, the right, we've talked about this. The way the Jets roster is put together... There's not such star power. And and that and even what Joe Douglas did in free agency, he patched a lot of holes. And he and I think he did a good job. And he he made the Jets very flexible. Jets are in a flexible spot. But there's not a lot of star power, you know, straight up NFL stars. Like no one's gonna be a an X factor on Madden, for example. Maybe like Elijah Moore or Michael Carter will get there, or, um, or Zach Wilson and AVT or Becton, but at this point, 
Debo would by far be the most prolific player on the team. You're right. He'd be number one. He would get traded. He would be on the Jets and Madden. He'd go for like a 95 overall. It's like an 89 the day they <laughs> trade for him. Uh, I'll fucking kill people in Madden. If anyone wants to play me in Madden and you're listening at this point, hit me up in my DMs. And I apologize. I keep yawning because I literally didn't sleep for one minute last night. So tell, tell us, you got locked out of your hotel room? I'm in Miami. I'm here for work for the week. I stayed, you know, I went out to the bar a little bit too late. I got home very late to my hotel, whatever time, like four o'clock in the morning, like an idiot. And I went to my room and I buzzed my key into the door and it just, it went red. And I was like, oh my God, this is the worst thing of all time. This hotel is not, does not have 24 hour concierge service. So I didn't know what to do. So I just hung out in the hallway for a little bit. I went downstairs, waited by the lobby. You know, hoping someone would come at like six o'clock and no one got there until 7.15. I took a shower and I went to work. So I haven't slept in, I don't know, what time is it? <laughs> it's been terrible. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, uh, he, here's the good news. We're going to wrap here and you have one more sleep until the draft. So you can go to bed in five minutes, wake up oh. for work tomorrow and be ready to fucking go. I'm going to wear my, uh, my Joe Namath shirt to work tomorrow. The ones that we made. On the BroadwayJets.com website. Did you see my tweet of last year when that one guy tweeted? I said, <laughs> like a prayer circle that the Patriots don't take one of the five quarterbacks. And he said, how quickly can you put this on a shirt? And we put it on the store, and it was called the the shirt for that one guy on Twitter. And it sold one, one shirt. <laughs> the best is that someone commented, like, this is a stupid shirt. You're like, yeah, like that's literally the point. It was, I couldn't tell if that was a troll account because it was like the it was like pink hair and then every like leftist thing you could ever put in the bio and I was like I don't know it was like so obvious that it's fake and then they kept going so oh, should good. we have, should we have done like a mock draft? Yeah. I'll give you a mock draft of the top four: Thibodeau, Stingley, and then we don't pick. We have Debo Samuel. <laughs> uh Oh, but before we go, I want to say one thing. We have a great listener, my dad's friend, Steve, and his father just passed away. He always listens to our show. I wanted to just, you know, thinking of Steve and we appreciate. He's definitely our biggest fan by far. He listens to every episode through and through. He'll text me like, he's like, what you guys were talking about in like the 26th minute. Of- <laughs> he's, so, he's so great. So just, you know, sad stuff and great guy, but. Thinking of you, Steve. It's, uh, we got to get go to a game with Steve next year, or at least watch at the bar. He's actually a Cowboys fan, and he just but he 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 you know follows New York sports. So next time the Jets and the boys play, hopefully it'll be like the 2019 Sammy D. Yeah, they play next year. The Jets, they play the NFC North this year, right? So we're in Green okay. Bay. Well, maybe in London. Oh, true. The Bears come here. I think we go to Minnesota. And then the Lions, who cares? Oh, it's going to be the Robert Solid Dan Campbell battle. Revenge, yeah. Yeah. Who was who uh, Everyone thought that Solid was going to Detroit. Every yeah. single person. Who's oh, the best is the that? guy, the guy Paul Riley on Twitter, who I actually love. He's the lawyer who just destroys people with like just the most ridiculous. He's like, why would the this team do this? They have 14.6 million in cap across this time period or whatever he just has all these ridiculous numbers 
and he's like Sala was born in Detroit and and he was raised there. There's no chance that he's going anywhere else. I was like, oh no, Paul was finally wrong. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm happy with Sala. I, I forgot we like I haven't, we haven't talked about Sala in a while. Very few weird moves this year. Probably one or two that come to mind. But be a normal coach. Be a good leader. And then the only thing is you got to get better every year on defense. You can't have the 30 second ranked rank defense. Um, you had a young young corner group and linebackers kept getting hurt. Your defensive line did nothing. But did your defensive line do nothing because of the scheme you put them in? I don't know. Get better next year. Figure we, it out. We won't have the 30 second defense when we add Carl Lawson and Thibodeau and Stingley. And DJ Reed. And all the yeah, and did you read it? Whitehead and Kobe Dean, Kobe Dean. Oh, I'm pumped. It's exciting. All right. Well, I am going to try to edit this pod in the next thirty minutes and get it live, so it's out tonight. Bang. Will I forget to do it? Yes. I'll scramble tomorrow morning. But hopefully, you're listening, Steve. We love you. Hope all is well, Mike. We'll talk soon. Oh yeah, I'm gonna tweet the fuck out of this pod. (laughs) All right. See you, buddy. (laughs) Peace.